Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the You Are Not An Artist podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be continuing on uh, with our art book uh, book club, which we are currently reviewing art work, which it's actually spelled art slash work, um, by Heather Bondari and Jonathan Melber. So if you haven't caught up uh, up to where we are now, which is the middle of chapter five, because it is a little lengthy, uh, we're currently uh, reviewing the book, and I'm providing some insight based on my experience. I've been a professional artist for 12 years. I uh, did uh, business advising for the SBA for four years as well, and I operated an art gallery. So I've really been uh, in the weeds for many years, and I'm kind of looking through this art business book uh, with a kind of a fine-tooth comb and making my recommendations to y'all. So uh, check out the other episodes because we, we go through each chapter. You also can, you know, you can purchase the book online. Uh, the newest edition is out. I have an old edition, but I'm, I'm assuming not a whole lot's changed except for maybe some stuff about social media and technology. But other than that, a lot of the stuff is still holds true in the overall concepts that they cover. So um, other things I wanted to mention was thank you all so much for listening into the uh, in artist interview with Steve Boster that I just put out. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday, one of those. I think it was Tuesday or Monday. Might have one of those days. The the weeks kind of the days blend together for me. So thank you for checking that out. If you haven't checked it out, please listen to the interview. It's about thirty eight minutes, and it's it's just full of really great knowledge and experience from Steve um, and he's a wonderful artist at the Chicken Farm Art Center so please go visit him out there if you're in town um, he's he's wonderful to visit with and, and full of uh, great insights and experience so yeah let's get into this week's uh, art book art club uh, chapter five we're on the pages might be off of whatever book you have but we're on uh, I'm on page 100 actually and I'm just going to recap a little bit you know this chapter is all about art studio visits and I realized that not all of us have the traditional art studio a lot of us work from home uh, some of us do have an art studio like Steve Boster at the chicken farm and those studios are really important for your visibility in the community I that was in fact that was one of the questions I asked Steve was like what do you think is the impact of you having you know, on your art sales um, and your art career, what do you think the impact has been from? Is it been from having a studio, you know, in the public where people can see you work and see your art? Um, or do you think it's, you know, the online version portion of it? And he said it was a mix of both. And so this chapter kind of goes over some of the traditional methods and some of the more modern methods for preparing a studio visit. All are good. I'm just kind of uh, injecting my own experience with that because I did I did have my own studio, I did my own, have my own gallery for, for many years, and I now have my own studio at home. So I'm going to kind of give you my perspective on some of these. But just to recap, you know, we've talked about having a mailing list. We've talked about uh, how to talk about your work. Um, we've even talked about, uh, you know, what are some of the things you need to be doing, you know, to talk about your work, you know, what is it, some of the prep work you need to be doing, like how do you price it, you know, and, and documenting your sales history, uh, what your what your piece is made of, you know, these are things that you need to be talking about. Uh, and they do a good job of listing that here in the book. And I really like that they are inclusive in the idea that 
you know, everybody is going to have their own hurdles here when having to, you know, talk about your artwork. And we're not all on the same playing field. We have our own unique experiences and situations. But um, so far, so good on this particular chapter. Um, and let's kind of pick up a little bit where we left off. And in this particular uh, section, they're talking about discounts and direct sales. Um, and, you know, it's standard that uh, for, for most places that you're going to sell artwork from, like a gallery um, or um or a non-traditional gallery like you know like a venue they're they're going to have a commission rate that's anywhere between 10 all the way up to 50 percent and so it really does change depending on where you're where you're displaying um but when it comes to uh wanting to mimic what they do and how galleries use sales tactics it's very similar to you know how a traditional retail store would would encourage buyers by holding some discounts throughout the year and kind of dangling that carrot in front of folks to encourage them to want to buy if there's a hurdle there. Um, I've been through many years of sales training from the military, believe it or not. Uh, if you're going to be a recruiter in the Air Force or any branch, they put you through sales training. Uh, so that's one of the only jobs in the Air Force where you'll get professional sales training um, that's that's pretty rigorous. Um, and I've been through other uh, uh jobs where I had to go through sales training, you know, tech companies, um, you know, newspaper publishing, um, my own art sales, the gallery, like that type of stuff. So I have a lot of experience there. And I can tell you that there are many methods that you can use to encourage sales. However, the, the best way to make sure that you provide the most value without having to use a discount method is to make sure that you have done a good job of building value in the art itself. And that starts all the way from finishing the artwork properly, making sure it's either framed or the edges are painted, uh, varnished, if you're gonna varnish it, varnish it well, signed, uh, certificate of authenticity, um, you know, uh, a little bit of information about the piece itself, you know, whether it's part of a series or a collection, uh, when it was made, um, so all those little details help the buyer make a decision more easily without needing any other sort of encouragement. Now, having said that, the buyer themselves have to go through some very quick decision making without them necessarily realizing it, but you can. <clears throat> and they don't mention this in the book. So I wanted to kind of, this is going to transition into what we're talking about in terms of preparing for the visit as well. So when you're thinking about somebody coming to see your artwork, there's something that uh, somebody, uh, a great artist taught me um, that talks about why people buy artwork. Um, and the artist that taught me this is, her name is Lori Justice Pace. I think I mentioned her a few times on this podcast. Anyway, she really mentored me when I first got going, when I first started. And there are, she told me there are three reasons and then I think I extended it to a fourth reason. The first reason that people would buy your artwork, and you have to think about this, okay, is they have to fall in love with it for whatever reason that is, okay? So the, the connection is important. And so you have to make sure that you understand that if somebody doesn't connect with your artwork, they're not going to buy it flat out. And there's nothing you can do beyond doing a good job of making that intention um, obvious when you're making the artwork, so what you make and why you make it is why somebody would fall in love with it and connect with it. 
So that's the first thing. Okay. The second thing is if they love it, they're probably going to look at the size of it. Can they take it with them? Can you ship it? Can it fit in their car? Can Will it fit in a space in their home? They probably already have an idea. Some folks, not everybody. Uh, some folks think of it in terms of can it fit in the space that I'm thinking about? Now, other people will just get it just to get it. I'm I used to be kind of in that kind of territory when I was collecting artwork because I had, I know I had plenty of space. So I didn't worry. I just bought it. Um, now I know I don't have any space. So I'm very careful about what I buy in terms of art. Uh, but that people go through that. They'll go through, I love it. And then they'll think about where is it going to go? If it's too big and they love it, they may not buy it. Um, which is why it's important to have a range of sizes in your studio for people that really love your work. And I mean, love your work specifically and love anything you make. Having various sizes makes it easier during that studio visit, whether it's a gallery rep or a dealer or um, dealers are also um, interior designers. Um, people, A lot of people don't think of it that way, but they are. Some dealers are actually um, interior designers that are coming through and picking out artwork for their client. And so they know what they already need and they know what they're looking for and they know what the space, what it needs. Um, so you have to have a range of sizes. Okay. The third reason is price. I hate to say that, but it's true. I mean, we live in a capitalistic society. The economy, you know, is is based on uh, people's buying power and, you know, their buying power is dictated by how much they earn. So if you have people that come through your studio that have disposable income, there are all going to be a range of types of folks that have, you know, a little bit to a lot to spend. And um, depending on where your prices are, that, you know, and the pieces they're interested in, you know, obviously smaller the piece, the lower the price, bigger the piece, the higher the price. So first they, they have to love it, you know, or, or find it, it perfectly fits what they need or they all, and they also need to make sure the size works and then the price is within their range. Okay. So having said all that, and you're thinking about this as you're preparing for a studio visit or opening your studio for you know, for Saturdays at the chicken farm or, you know, some sort of art show you've promoted. Think about those things as people are coming to see your artwork so that you make sure that the uh, that you don't have to use discounts because you've done a good job of making sure that you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's when it comes to this. Now, I had mentioned a fourth reason why people buy artwork. They have to know who you are. And that's not always the case. So it's kind of, you know, the fourth reason is always one of those that can go back and forth. It's not always the case, but it doesn't hurt. And that I've seen many, many, many times. And the only way that people will use that as another, you know, way to check, you know, tick off something on their list when they're thinking about buying is if they they really enjoy how you talk about your artwork and how it ties into your personal story and why you've created the artwork itself. So I really would encourage you to think about how are you talking about your artwork? Because this talks about into the earlier uh, section of this chapter in studio visits is how do you talk about your artwork? And and are your is your personality coming through? Do people see you out and about, you know, when you're either running your errands or you're going to an art show? And are you engaging with those people? Are you talking about shared interests? Um, you know, are, are the things that are important to you important to them? Those things end up making a difference when somebody is ready to buy. If anybody's on the fence after they've said they love it, they can afford it, and uh, they have a place for it, 
if they're on the fence, the thing that'll make them want to buy it is if they like you. And I don't mean it from the sense of like a narcissistic point of view. I just mean from a connection. Like, do they, can they relate to you? Um, and that's, I think that is also just as important. I don't think it's always the most important case, but they have to know who you are. And that really does help. So I wanted to mention that because that's kind of segues um, into what they're talking about here is preparing for individual studio visit and some of the things that um, that would be very helpful to preparing for um, the studio visit itself. So if you have that in mind, then you can curate the examples that are going to be out uh, on display. So instead of just bringing out all your inventory and and just kind of haphazardly you know, putting it up and putting it on display, really be intentional about what you're selecting, what sizes, what prices, you know, and the meaning behind some of the artwork. If you've got a lot of inventory, curate an experience for folks that are coming through that are going to get a good sense of who you are, what your artwork is about. And when they go through the, the things that usually people go through when they buy, make sure that that is kind of intentional in terms of knowing what their thinking process is about. So, um, let's move on to the next section, which is um, after the visit. Uh, well, before we talk about that, let's talk about one thing that, that I think people really kind of struggle with when it comes down to people coming to your studio and then having a conversation about your work. And gosh, this is such a difficult topic to talk about because it's very nuanced and it's we can't solve it in this one little area. But they do mention it here in the book, which is the section is called it's not a it's not a critique. You know, they're not people sometimes when they come in to see your artwork, they'll have some feedback to give you. And not everybody's going to get why you made what you made. They they won't even some people won't even know how you did it and they'll make assumptions about it. And if you struggle with criticism, and I know a lot of people do no look, look, almost all of us, most of us grew up feeling very sensitive to criticism. You know, because most of the time when we were little, criticism was kind of given to us in a way that wasn't very conducive to our, you know, youthful mind and creative process and all that good stuff. And so, you know, going from making something that you care about to putting it out in the world is not something everybody does. And if you're new to it, it can be a little overwhelming. So I'm going to give you some advice and and it pulls a little bit that's this section is not very in depth in fact it's a really tiny little section of this book so i'm going to expand on it and the the idea here is that you are wanting feedback yes you also have to be very conscious of the kind of feedback that you're going to receive and you know it's not always going to be constructive some of it may be critical you know, I've seen some other artists go to other artists and almost take on like a harsh, you know, uh, teacher sort of interaction with this artist that's displaying their work. And it really hurts and it really sucks. Um, but you have to learn how to ignore. I hate to use that word, but it's true. Ignore people that are coming to not under try to understand your work but try to uh offer unsolicited and very hypercritical advice for you 
in your artwork. And we have to learn how to kind of not push back, but sort of, you know, in a sense, uh, be very uh, pleasantly dismissive <laughs> of those people. And you just have to learn. That's just something you have to learn over time when people come in. Now, other people will come to you and they're going to be ready to engage. And that's why you have to be ready to talk about your artwork. Somebody comes excited. They're, wow, I love, I really love your work. You know, the colors and the movement and how do you, you know, how do you go, go from like thinking about this particular reference and, and then coming up with this? Like people will have some very interesting, engaging questions for you and just be ready to engage with them in that sense. And every studio visit that I've ever had or experienced is draining regardless of who comes through, regardless of the feedback you get, it's all draining. It drains you. So be ready to build yourself up, get the energy you need before the studio visit. You're going to be nervous. That's okay. That's part of it. Everybody goes through it. And then afterwards, transition out, treat yourself well. If it went badly and nobody bought anything or, you know, something happened and, you know, somebody knocked over a piece of your artwork, things happen. Find a way after the studio visit to transition out of that experience because it can be overwhelming. It can drain your energy. For other people that are neurodiverse, it really drains your energy. If you suffer from ADHD, you know, and 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 social interactions can be very overwhelming. You will feel overwhelmed and drained afterwards. It's okay. It happens. It's going to happen. The good thing is to have a plan in place so that after the studio visit, you treat yourself well and you go and decompress and you know rest find some rest and then you transition into the next thing that you have to do and the next thing you have to do is do a post studio visit which is after the visit you you know hopefully have a guest book and people are giving you their email addresses and you send them a thank you email saying hey thank you so much for coming out um really enjoyed either visiting with you if you remember who they were or if you didn't get to meet them, say, I, I don't, you know, I didn't get to meet you, but I would love to invite you to come back for a, a private visit if you'd be open to that. If you'd like to join my newsletter list, here's a link and you put that in the email as well so that they can, you know, if they're really interested in knowing more about your artwork, you get them into your system of communication so that you start building. Because essentially the studio visits and art shows and stuff like that, they are there for you to build your business this is how other businesses work you know you are hopefully going to build a relationship with a customer that invites them back to continue to do business with you because they see value in what you do and so I just want to make sure that you guys understand that the the post studio visit is really important um, they mentioned some other things here which is you know the portfolio reviews um, <clears throat> I feel like this is a little it's a, it's a good section for you to read. I just think that, um, you know, portfolio reviews is, is definitely more commonplace in bigger cities. You know, so if you live in a bigger city, um, you know, some folks might want to review your portfolio. So have it ready, you know, physically, if you have it physically or, you know, you can put it on a on your iPad or on a display where it's constantly running, you know, in your studio as well as on your website. You know, so you could put a QR code for people to scan if they want to see your portfolio of work in that way. Uh, they get the breadth of, you know, and your portfolio should be your best stuff, by the way. It's not everything. It is your best stuff. And I, I would encourage you to start thinking about having a portfolio ready in some version, right, that they can 
engage with and see. And that's really important as well. So uh, again, this these are these are little things that go in more depth for your art career. And we're reviewing this book and it's, you know, there's a lot of books out there and they all provide a different kind of advice. Some of them don't really touch on things that they need to, you know, like the real world experience of what it's like to have a studio visit. You know, I say, I've said this multiple times on this particular book and it's one of my biggest criticisms is the book, the, the authors themselves are not artists. Like one's an attorney and the other one, you know, has been a dealer and gallerist. Like they're not, they had, they're not artists. At least they haven't alluded to that. They pull a lot of artist advice that are on the margins here of the book that provide their perspective, but they're little blurbs. And so, yeah, I criticize that only from a very constructive point of view is that I, that's why I'm doing the art book review in the book club because I've been through it. I know what it's like. I know the emotions that come with the anxiety of being an artist. And I've, you know, I've towed that line of, you know, not wanting to do my art anymore because that anxiety has gone unaddressed and it went on unaddressed for many years until I finally addressed it. And so anyway, that's, that's where we are now with this chapter. Um, Again, there's more in there for you to read. I just wanted to jump on some of the points that I think are interesting, like we would do in a book club, right? Everybody gets the opportunity to talk about certain things. And that's my perspective and that's my experience uh based on some of the sections they're highlighting um so that's the end of chapter five uh we got chapter six coming up next week um next week i'm going to be very busy i'm going to austin with a friend of mine uh who's uh uh doing a celebration of sorts uh, so shout out to matt my my good buddy and we're going to go out there to see uh, adam sandler it's going to be a fun deal and then i'll come back and turn around and go to houston <laughs> to see my son and then Sunday I'll be out uh, taking a flight to Montana and I'll be there for a week uh, doing some work out there and that's going to be exciting so I will bring my book with me uh, so that I can make sure I do the podcast as well I don't want to miss it you know I was really good and consistent back in last year end of last year and then everything kind of kind of went to hell for me <laughs> but it's okay we bounced back and we're good uh, so anyway chapter five is over and next week is chapter six residencies and grants which is very intriguing to me because i don't know a whole lot about residence residencies and grants so we're going to go through it together um if you haven't subscribed to the podcast please subscribe um follow uh you know follow me on social i have two separate accounts one's for my personal artwork alejandro fine art uh and that's the same name as the website and then i also manage the art alliance of san angelo uh, which is a local uh, organization I created here in San Angelo and th- I'm going to be moving uh, not moving but I'm going to be putting a copy of the podcast on the website there and putting up uh, clips of it on our social just to kind of make sure that this information also gets out to the local art community so thank you all so much and if you have any feedback please reach out to me and I uh, would love to uh, continue to grow this art book club I'm looking at other books um, that I would like to to review since we're about halfway through with this one I want to say yeah I'd say about we're about halfway through so looking forward to uh to more episodes and I'll see you guys next week